Boys and girls and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Chaps Chat Cats. StreamYard tries it might, can't quite juice out their Chaps intro at a normal sort of rhythm. It's too much awesome. <laughs> it's too much awesome for StreamYard to handle. Yeah, that's right. Just too much. Um, my name is Jake. I'm joined in the Chaps studio by Sambo and Johnny. How are you, chaps? Feels like forever. Good. Feels like it's been an Feels eternity. Like no, it's, it's longer. <laughs> Absolutely longer. Absolutely. Mm. Um, good, I'm I'm good though. How are you, Jake? I'm well. I'm very well. Thank you for just, asking. Keen. Yeah, just well. If you'd like me to go further, I would say that my joy is abundant. And my mirth plentiful. That's if you want, you know, if you want me to really oversell it, there you go. Consider it oversold. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say not a big episode to get through, but <clears throat> we, we always manage to find something to make it a big. We can make it big, John. If there's one thing the chaps can do, it's make it big. <laughs> We're hoping to make it big for the listener tonight. So we've got a bit to get into. I want to get your reaction, as I'm sure you guys are just. If I know you guys, if I know you chaps, you boys, you naughty boys, are just chomping at the bit to, you're frothing at the bits to give the listener your reaction to the fixture release. There's nothing, I'm sure, more important to you than reacting to the fixture release. Uh, we're going to get into some Fixed player release. grades. Mm, the fixture was released, John. Get ready to get both bigger and more frothy. Uh, and we'll do some player grades and we're going to finish with a little segment called Chaps Recommend. So, Chaps, you better be re ready to recommend something to the listener to do this offset. I put this in the chat. John looking like he's been asked to give a best man speech at a wedding. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with the uh, camera tonight. I, okay, I'm looking okay. like I've just come right. off a five-day bender or something, but I'm, I'm feeling... Oh, no, fine. no. It was, it was the look of abject terror when I said you had to recommend uh, something, and I wasn't I was just looking at my own <laughs> image in the camera, and I look like I'm oh. half dead. You do look a little, little washed um, out. I look kind of the opposite. I, I look a little, a little ruddy. Sam's been having a few sherries before the show. Yeah. Bit on the That's old, a bit, bit on the old cooking sherry. Uh, nothing quite like it. How I mean, chaps, we're in, you know, the, the midst when we're talking about fixture releases, we know we're in the absolute dark days of the off season. There's not like a ball being kicked in anger for, for months yet. So we've got a little bit of time to unwind across the next few episodes. Christmas is on the way. How has this week been for you, Johnny? You seem, you, you were off to... Uh, a festival where music was played and oh, trendy young 30-something-year-olds like yourself attend. How was it? What was it? It was good. I went to uh, the day on the green at Mount Bendigong, just outside of Geelong. Was it a day uh, on the green? It was. You get what I mean? It was. Oh, oh no, good. not that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was. Caught in, caught in HD. 
Forty in HD. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there was plenty of that around, but not not near me. No, right. yeah. <laughs> not part. Yeah, John was, was not on the. He was on the green, but he was not on, was on the, the green. On, on that. On not not on that green. Yeah, it was on good. The, uh, on, yeah. on the brown. How's the music? Or the red, maybe. Um, the music was good. Uh, it had a couple of uh, bands that I didn't really know or really listen to a whole lot to open it up. And then the Killers was the main act at 9 p.m. And they were really good, really entertaining. And you had a rev up a crowd. And I also got a 13-year-old um, band from the crowd come up on stage and do drums for a song, which is pretty awesome to see. Apparently, they do that at most um, concerts now. If they see a sign of someone saying, oh, can I play drums or whatnot, they'll get them up and give them a song to play drums. And there was just a, a nice day. I heard I had a deck chairs, a camping chairs, put them on the lawn, sat down, hat, sun cream, had a few drinks throughout the day. It was just a nice, relaxing Saturday. Had a very good time. Lovely. So no, no, yeah, not not like an absolute mosh pit. You know, no one's. Ah, there was there was that area, but it was doing way down the front. Nah, everyone was yeah. very well behaved. A very well organized event as well. Right. Like there wasn't much <laughs> wait for the food or drinks or toilets. Shout out to the lanyard brigade. Absolutely, they did a job. <laughs> a lot of you know you're getting old. You know we're safe. getting old. Because my my big takeaway when John was talking about this was that the main act started at nine o'clock, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, the main act didn't start till nine p.m. And then John's main takeaway is it was a lovely afternoon. The security was was good. Everyone was yeah. well behaved. Kept, kept um, the, the food arrived on time. There was no real anger in the crowd. There was no one really, you know, yelling at each other, carrying on. There was a bit of that mm. after the concert when, you know, mm. some of the younger people were probably had a bit too much to drink. The youth. Got on each other's the nerves. Youth. But I only saw one, one fisty cuffs, if you could say. Oh, it's just a, fisty a single cuffs. fisty cuff. Yeah, it's just, just the one cuff. cuff. It didn't seem too serious. So, yeah, overall, it was a very mm. well-organized, well-thought-out and enjoyable day. And... I, will, I would definitely go back and recommend. Fantastic. John has pitched <laughs> Day on the Green very well. Worthy of uh, some funding from the government next year. So everyone, you know, continue. Uh, yeah, a good economic venture for the region. Uh, Sam, how's your week been? I've heard you've been battling the sewer gods. There's been a plumbing issue or something. Is there any, is there any upside to the week or has it all been... Um, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles return to the sewer. Revenge of the oh, yeah. Ooze. That's, that sounds like an upside to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, well, it hasn't been too much. Last week was the week where we didn't know if we could use the the plumbing. So last week was the the um, tactfully trying so. to trying to to do uh, minimal defecation and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> minimal showers because we didn't know what kind of yeah what kind of uh impact would have um but then it, it it's all uh 
it's it's mostly a problem that we we that isn't an issue for us day to day. So they're coming in to fix it. So yeah, no, it's not been it's not been terribly epic. I'm <laughs> I haven't really got a lot of big stories. Awesome, John. No, that's great. It's good. Hold, John's... John holding his pussy up in the camera <laughs> for the uh, <laughs> for the yeah. Patreon exclusives to to enjoy. Yeah, people should. If you don't already, you should go on over, pay your five-ish bucks a month to join the Chaps Patreon so you can watch this train wreck unfold. Yeah, um, make, make the most of it while it is only that much on the Patreon because, you know, this kind of content will be locked <laughs> behind the uh, the much more lucrative OnlyFans soon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right, Chaps. Sorry, I don't, have any, interesting, I don't have any interesting no, stories no. about my week. What about your week? No, that's fine. How was how was my week? Oh, thank you. Were you able to shit a normal amount in your toilet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Look, mild, mild um, third life crisis, you know, so that sort of thing. Had a ripper of a headache a couple of days ago. That's about the sum total. Long shift at work for a dance concert. Um, this third life crisis yeah, is in got third it. of life, like midlife. A third of my third, life. Yeah. Not- this this isn't your third trip around the uh, this particular plane of existence. Yeah, my first two um, endeavors on uh, terra firma were okay. The third one, bumpy so far. Yeah, not bumpy so, so sure. Far. Need to unlock some of that. Yeah, we'll see how we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. All, all in all, a successful venture. That's right. Need some more soul <laughs> credits. All right, let's rip into some cat stuff. Remember, recommendation at the end of the podcast. Um, and would love to, to hear from the listener. Send us an email, thechapschatcats at gmail.com, thechapschatcats at gmail.com. We're getting the mail sack back. We are. We want to fill that sack to bursting, the chaps mail sack. We want, we want big. big sacks to <laughs> open uh, on the Christmas tree. All right, Christmas is around the corner, so fill up the sack. The chapschatcats at gmail.com could be a topic you want us to cover. Um, submit now, now would be a good time to submit your thoughts on best and worst Christmas foods because I'm hoping that in the lead up to Christmas, we're going to get out our annual Christmas food rankings, etc. Um, and that sort of thing. But yeah, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. It might get on the podcast if we deem it worthy of digital attention. All right, let's crank into this, chaps. I know you are excited AF, as the kids say. Speaking speaking of the youth, um, everyone's hot in the pants about this. The fixture release. Home sweet home to end the season for the Catters. Obviously, a bit of renovation work going. Speaking of, you know, the Cats are dealing with a similar situation to you, Sam. But instead of trying to you know, increase the capacity of the toilet to 40,000 <clears> patrons. Uh, it's the, the, the Cadinia Park, increasing mm. that to take 40,000 patrons. Um, and so the, breaking, the, the breaking cats don't news, get a... Jake compares football <laughs> patrons to poo. <laughs> <laughs> Not a controversial take. Um, the, the first cats Depending game on the club. At, genu- at Genuine Home. Won't be until week six, and that chaps will be a game, I believe, against the Sydney Swans. So we get to raise that fucking banner, the premiership banner, at home 
against the Swans. Woo, woo, danger game, I reckon. Bit of a danger game. They're going to be fired up probably to, speaking of poo, to poo on the party, the Premiership banner party. Um, the Cats finished with something like six of their last 10 games of the season at home. It's a bit of a backloaded slate. There's a total of nine genuine home games, I believe, at Cadinia Park. So any sort of thoughts? I don't want to push this too hard. I mean, you know, we don't want a content factory it too much. But w- w- where are you sort of, where are you at with it? Have you got any thoughts on it? Sam's yawning. It wasn't a point, point so yawn. Yawn. It, it was just a uh, very well-timed <laughs> Um Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a fixture. Games, games will <laughs> games will be held. Some yeah. at this certain venues, some at other venues against different teams, different nights of the week. Yeah. Uh, the mm. context in variety of, of those times. games will be, of course, uh, thrown into sharper relief the closer we get to them. <laughs> right now, it's just a whole heap of names ordered on a list. Yeah. Um. It's, yeah. It's. <laughs> It's scintillating stuff. I can barely contain the, the question... my excitement. It's like, you know what I didn't expect? I didn't expect, you know, when they released yeah. the fi- the fixture, I, 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 you know, did a little double take and went, these are the same teams we played last year in a slightly different order. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know one thing that gets me a little bit at this time of year is the strength of schedule thing. It's like Geelong you know, has the third or the fourth, whatever it was, harder schedule this year. And it's like, I can't Actually, wait until week, you know. To correct you then, I can't wait till week. Please do. It's, it's actually the, Is it the fifth? first hardest. It's oh, the hardest John. Fixture on equal. par with Rio. Yeah. So, you know. The only harder thing one. than that is the listeners um, listening to this scintillating content absolutely um my 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 sleep and listening to us talk about yeah. the future <laughs> put them to I just, sleep i'm my just gonna gripe. say that. no please no, you go <laughs> go, go. You go you go no, first no, you go. go first no no you go first my gripe my gripe is let me just say <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to give you points too in retrospect for using the term sharp, thrown into sharper relief. Very nicely mm. done. Um, I have to say, the strength of schedule thing annoys the shit out of me because it's totally based on what happened last season. For all we know, the teams that are meant to be tough teams could be shithouse. Teams that are you know meant to be easy beats might rise up. Like it, Strength of schedule to me means absolutely nothing. Like, possibly less than nothing. Like, I really don't think it somehow much of an takes indication. knowledge away from you, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the strength of schedule. Oh, absolutely. I was, yeah, I don't no. need to make my point because you made my point. So I was just about to say the exact same thing. How do they, you know, evaluate who's got the tougher draw? It's almost moment. like it's almost like last year there was a team that was really dominant and ran away with it, and they want to make it yeah. seem like this could be a much more interesting and unexpected outcome. Oh, the premiers! Mm-hmm. Well, look out—you've got the hard, the equal first hardest run in the season, mate. And um, I, I was just something that's isn't, isn't that how it's meant to be? 
the top team, you know, should have a tougher fixture. And the teams that finish lower yeah. should get slightly easier ones as it goes down. Something like that. Absolutely. Do you know what's Incredibly actually funny to me? John. Is... <laughs> I was going to say, that's what's funny to me. I know how people who go, oh, we can't have, we don't want politics and socialism in our sport. It's all about earning things on merit. Yet the entire fabric of most professional sports is built around giving second chances to losers and opportunity yeah. for shithouse clubs to rise up. Like, that's what it is. Hey, if you finish bottom last year, we're going to give you an easy schedule. If you finish top, we're going to give you a hard one. If you finish bottom, we're going to give you the top pick. It's, it, it's, ugh, it never ceases to amaze me. And I don't mind it, but I just hate when we start hearing that everything's earned. Everything's got to be earned on merit. You know, it's, it doesn't. We're constantly trying to pump up the the um, equality of teams and resources in the league. So, you know, it's, yeah, anyway, that's my little whinge. Um, are, are we done? Can we kick the fixture release thing down the, down the, uh, down the thing, down the road? No, please. Get into I have play so much more to say. I think we can talk about <sighs> it say, like um, a week before the season starts. All right. Sounds good to me. Um, do you know what's funny? I, th I did see um, CEO Mr. Hawking say that it's the absolute winners, the Cats, from the fixture. I get the impression that Hawk is a fucking exceedingly good salesman. I feel like they could say, look, Geelong have been uh, selected to play, uh, you know, eight of their nine home games in Fallujah this year. And, and Steve Hawking would be like, fantastic opportunity. Fantastic opportunity to grow the club. Um, yeah, so credit to him. That's your job. So um, episode's loose tonight. Fast and loose, and I'm enjoying it. Uh, let's get into some Wheel of Grades. All right, chaps? I was going to say Wheel of Fortune. Um, I was like, I'm ready to win some money. <laughs> some wheel of for John Larkin from Manila. Uh, let, let's get the fuck into it. Um, gonna do our wheel of grades. We're gonna start with the AFLW. I, no, Johnny, Johnny, you're gonna start Johnny, us off please. with the one I'll and only Meg. McDonald and Sam, you always give Mega. a lovely little recap of how this game works for listeners who who aren't aware. How does it work? How does the wheel of grades work in terms of the grading system itself? Well, we're each uh, obviously randomised a player, given given a player to provide our grade to. It's a it's a classic old ABC scale <laughs> for all our preschoolers out there who want to get excited mm -hmm. about this uh it's a it's a f f minus through to a plus scale but it is not in comparison to each other the, the, the players are not graded meg mcdonald will not be compared to amy mcdonald etc it is a it is a grading of their year taking into account all the elements all the the parameters and contexts of their season injuries missed games you know, good games, bad games. It's just about their floor versus their ceiling, where they should have been this year, considering everything. Mm. I think that sums it up. Sums up. I nicely. like it, Sam. Very nicely done. Now, Johnny, you've got Meg McDonald. I'll list off some stats here. There's lovely graphics to accompany this. 
for the Patreon subscribers. It's very nice. Very nice. Aren't I don't say so myself. That's right. Um, so you should go and sign up to the Chat Chat Cats at Patreon. The link is in the podcast notes and on all our social media bios. Um, Meg McDonald, she led the team in marks per game. 3.7 marks per game, John, for Meg McDonald. Led the team in intercept possessions, 7.6 per game. Was first on the team in rebound, 50s, 2.5 per game. She was back to her best down back, Johnny. Is that how you saw it? Absolutely. Um, she was way back in her absolute best form that um, we started to see, when was it, uh, not last season, the season before that, where she was a leader again and really st stood up. Last season was a bit of a, a down season for her. Didn't really perform at the level I don't think she would have been overly happy with and the way that she would have wanted to lead. But this season, it just, yeah, she just went, it just felt like she went back to the basics of what she knows she does well, what she can work on, what she can improve on, and just did it all so effortlessly. I think help, the help with, um, with Claudia Gunjaka back, uh, Chantel Emerson as well, uh, Becky Webster helping out, just sort of um, Annabelle Johnson, I think them mm -hmm. working as a team has just, just freed up Meg McDonald so much to just play the way she wants to play and how she knows how to play. It was just, yeah, just, I don't know, it was just one of those seasons where wherever the ball was, you knew Meg McDonald's was going to be there to back up. If she didn't take the mark, mm -hmm. she was going to be backing up Claudia Kondraka. If she, and if it was anywhere nearer, like a high ball going into the back line, she was going to be near there. You knew she was going to either take the mark, spoil it, or have an impact in the contest, either on the ground or just punch it away. And yeah, it was just the way she was able to move as well. Like there was a few moments there where she got the ball, it was really nervy, like she might have get, might get tackled and caught holding the ball, but she was able mm. to get it around it, dish off, dish off a really nice handball kick. And then just move up again and like get a second receive off the play. She just gave it to and drive an attack forward. But yeah, it's, yeah, so um, we've harped on about the Cats' defence all year. And a part of that was the way Ming McDonald was able to play this year. And I really think it was off the back of her hard work to get back to the level that she knows she can be at and what we as fans know and expect her to be at. And it mm. was just, Really pleasing to see her reach that height again and just inspire the team to perform well. And when your leaders do play well, the whole team lifts and the defence lifted every time. She went, um, was back there playing well and really set up the season well for the Cats. Um, you know, especially in that round one against Richmond. I think that was mm. key. She was definitely a key player in keeping Richmond to a low score and then the next game as well and so on. And Yeah. I'd set the standard early. Very much set the standard. Um, set the precedent on how the Cats are going to play as a team for the women's. And as a grade, it's definitely an A+. 
just the way she went about her season. Just, again, I don't, I can't see anything lower because you now she's getting towards the pointy end of her career and she's still performing the way she is, is full credit to her. I mean, just look at those stats first. On team in marks, intercept and rebound 50s. That's something, that's mm. a pretty special season. Absolutely. Johnny couldn't agree more with you. Thought, as I said, back to her best. It was like she just found, found that level again. Um, and I suppose, you know, change in system, change in coaching, you know, last season and ha having had now two seasons under her belt in the Dan Lowther era all makes sense. I'm going to take the next evaluation with Brooke Plummer, a podcast favorite, limited action, not as, not as limited as some players uh, in terms of opportunity. <clears throat> I think we saw her in maybe four games, three or four games uh, off the top of my head. 29 of Brooke Plummer's 30 disposals were kicks. It's like 96.6% of her disposals were by foot. Um, her efficiency, and keep in mind, it's hard. It's harder to get high efficiency by foot. Um, when it's 73.3%, eighth best on the team, and also averaged 187 meters gained per game, seventh on the team, and I thought Brooke Plummer showed exactly why she was drafted. You know, we talked um, to Peter Williams from Rookie Me Central. You should go and check out that website. I told you last time, go and check out Rookie Me Central because it is such a treasure trove of draft information. But, you know, we were told that Brooke Plummer was going to be damaging by foot. She would add drive out of the back line, drive off the wing. Uh, she she would find ways not only to get involved of you know relieving the defense um, you know as an outlet, but then driving the attack forward. And that she was just exactly as advertised. You couldn't have asked for her to basically put on film in 2022 any better representation of, of you know the draft profile that that we were served up. So I'm super excited to see you know how Brooke Plummer develops over the next you know however long um and really like it wouldn't surprise me at all if she becomes an every week starter for the cats next year um because i just think she adds so much um she allows some some versatility for becky webster to float forward you know to float further up the wing um she actually found herself in a lot of attacking positions. I can't remember if it was in the Swans game uh, or if it was in the Eagles game, uh, Brooke Plummer, where, you know, she was inside the Ford 50 a lot, you know, with opportunities to score. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I thought she had a great year. Um, I, I'm going to say it's hard because, like, you know, my instinct, maybe I'll get your opinions here, boys. Like, you know, part of me wants to go A plus because as I said, couldn't have been any more accurate of a representation of her draft profile. Um, you know, it's not really her fault to me that she didn't get more time. It's just a matter of the team being in a really strong position and she was a rookie. Mm. Do you, do you think there's any points you would dock 
per four sort of thing, or or do you think an A plus? No, is there? like I think Some, I think we've I, we've talked about her like you know her like possessions and disposals being uh, relatively low, but I think it was pretty um, clear, especially when watching live when we went and saw the Bulldogs game, it was pretty clear that mm. it's it wasn't her, her fault. Like watching it live when you're not sort of locked into the broadcast angle. Some of the the positions that she was getting into, like it was always good. She was always in space, and she often wouldn't get it, but she was dragging a player, um, a, a player with her. But also, she was so new to the squad. Like it's just it's just somewhat natural that she might not be the first target when you when you're new to a mm-hmm. squad. Um, so I don't think it's it was any sort of slight against her. So I, I think she did. Yeah, I, I would say I would say in the A's, like I think I think she did everything she could. I think I think she will have a far better year next year if she gets more time, and probably a better year again the year after because she seems like a player that's got such a solid foundation. She, you know, she she can only go up really. Um, she can only improve, mm. but that doesn't mean for where she was at and time she was given and and the you know the deliveries she was given. Uh, yeah, I think I think I would I would back an A plus. Yeah, I, I can't see why not. Um, as you said, delivered on everything that was asked of her and every opportunity she had, she took with both hands. I mean, getting to eighth on the team for efficiency in what about four or five games? That's mildly yeah. impressive, and seventh on the team for meters gain that's you know that's not out of just luck that's just not lucky work there that's putting in the hard yards getting where the ball is at the right time um efficiencies also not not just a luck thing that's skill of being able to mm. pass the ball off really well and you know kicks not most of the disposal of kicks that's even harder to get a really good efficiency in your first season so yeah i think a plus is well deserved because all that all that there just shouts out extremely hard working player that wants to improve wants to prove that they're a part of the team and one that just screams a valuable asset to the whole team and everyone around her and just someone that will you know once she gets the full season full games under her belt just going to get better and better yeah absolutely i think a plus then i feel good um about that a few chaps are in agreement there and you know you just feel like these are such damaging weapons to have players who aren't drawn necessarily to the contest but are happy to wait outside of the contest to receive the ball in space like i remember reading articles at the start of the season um, from Gemma Bastiani about how the best teams in the W are learning to spread, you know, their their playing resources. You know, they're, they're learning to get players, you know, outside the contest so that they can flick the ball to space and get an attack moving. And you just kind of go, Rook Plummer feels like the the, the Geelong Cats player of now and the future. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we, we don't need Brooke Plummer to be another hard inside player. We've got plenty of that grit. We need Brooke Plummer to be that classy attacking um, 
you know, piece on the outside of the contest and off half back and along the wing. So, all right, A plus for Brooke Plummer. Sambo, you are third cab off the rank. Claudia Gunjaka marks 2.9 per game, which was fourth best on the team. 4.5 intercepts per game, third on the team. Efficiency, 74.7%. Good for fourth on the team. And I would imagine that's a pretty massive percentage improvement on her kicking from the first season of W that she played. Mm thrived in a defined role down back. What were your thoughts on Claudia Gunjaka's season? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, that all, the stats tell the tale there, really. Um, you know, it was a it was a bit of a tale of two seasons this season. I think, you know, there was really, I think, a bit of a period there where her role hadn't yet been, I hadn't yet been as fully defined as it was later, or she was just finding her feet a little bit. Um, she was still playing really well, and her effort, you know, her level of effort um, and sort of res- resilience and and determination for self improvement was never in question. Um, but it didn't. We didn't quite see the fruits of that until sort of the the midway point, um, the back half of the season. Um, so it wasn't all perfect. Um, but I think you could really see, you know, you mentioned the the defined roles. Once she knew where she fit in the team, how she fit in with the players around her, who who was where around her, she really just sort of flourished. And it was kind of that like real unlocking of the potential that we all sort of saw in, you know, in the, in her future. Uh, and it was just really a matter of time until she found it. I think I think her confidence really soared too. Um, she was always a strong player um and knew how to knew how to use her body when when in the context and the and the um contest and the the scenario was right but i think we really saw her sort of assert herself this year in ways that we hadn't in previous seasons mm. um so it wasn't just the kicking and the, the marks all that kind of stuff it was really a presence you know she became one of those players that you could tell the opposition attackers just had that had her floating in the back of the uh, back of their mind when they were going up for marks or they were making making runs in our in our back fifty, you could tell that she was an ever an ever looming presence. She was really getting on getting on people's um getting on people's minds and making them second guess themselves. So that's a, that's a sign of a of a really dominant defender. I think someone that's using not only their skill but also their physicality really well. Um. Mm. So I think I think she really found herself, and I think the team really sort of <laughs> uh, a little bit like when Brooke Plummer was in the side. I think um, once Claudia had found her spot, I think the team loosened up again. I think Me- Megatron was able to move a little bit freer, had a lot of backup, and that allowed Becky Webster, Prasparkas, Nita Morrison, those kinds of players to also have freedom a little bit further up, not need to flood back as much necessarily. Um, I think it's a tough one because it was a bit of an inconsistent year. I'm finding it a tough one to grade um, mm. because I am really happy with her year. I think she did really well. Um, I obviously don't think she's reached her ceiling. I think she'll have a better year next next year, but that doesn't mean she can't have an A plus now. But you know, mm. it did take her. It did take her a little bit of time to find her feet. Um, and and that's got to be you know, it's sort of, it's sort of unfair, I guess, to give her. To give her an A plus, mm. a perfect grade, you know, it's it's not realistic on where she can go in the future, I guess. So I I would probably say an 
a minus this year. Could be could be pushed up to yeah. an A, I think. Um, but I, th- I think an A A minus is fair because I think she played fantastically well once once all the elements fell into place. Mm. Um, but there was just a little bit of that, a little bit of that sort of friction and struggle earlier in the year, and you mm. saw like moments of it. But then a, you know a couple of mistakes here, or maybe caught out of position a little bit as she sort of really, you know, moved around and and struggled to find her spot in the team. Sam's Sam's grading vibe is very Chris Scott. I've got to say, <laughs> very Chris Scott. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Especially towards the end when we're getting to the letter grade and there's the validations and the, I like it. It's yeah. good. It's good to have Scotty back on the pod. Um, <laughs> in the office. It's been a while. Um, all right. We now move into the men's side of the equation, uh, and we're going to start with me. And well, we're going to start with Jack Henry, but I will be grading. You're grading Jack yourself. How did you play this year? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, look, the the body struggled, um, particularly early. <laughs> I found. Um, no, Every Jack bias, Henry the had four, headset. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Four point eight marks per game, which was ninth on the team. Intercept marks one point eight per game, which was third. On the team for Jack Henry, spoils 3.4 per game, third on the team. I felt like he was a key swing man at key times. Now, he obviously, you know, dealt with some injury stuff on and off across the year, but got healthy at good times, was a pivotal figure in that Richmond game, obviously, the move forward, um, you know, to kick. Now, who was out there? that game and was hawkey out that game or was jack uh, it was cameron out we we lost a ford of some sort um, because that's why we were surprised when when henry swung up no, forward. I, think, I think was, it, was it was it rowan when, when was, i think it was, was rowan, rowan was out, out. Mm, yeah yeah okay someone so, someone should look yeah anyway he played a really pivotal role in, in, in going up forward in that game jack henry obviously kicked the winning goal but you know, behind Sam DeConing, behind Tom Stewart, and sort of alongside in terms of how I ranked those backline players with Zach Guthrie, I just mm. thought it was another really incredibly consistent performance from Jack Henry. And, and unlike those other three guys, he has the ability to be that swingman, to, to be suddenly like, hey, we need someone to go and clunk marks up forward. You know, we're throwing Jack Henry up there. And, and it he does it time and time again. He's able to go and take a big mark. He's able to go and kick a big goal. So I really love that about him. He's got creativity to his game. Um, now, I was like way over my skis on where I thought Jack Henry could be. I, I've got to say, I, I was like, I, I, as I said, I was way out in front uh, uh, with my expectations of him um, to fill the um you know the the Lockie Henderson role and that sort of thing. And if anything, I guess Sam DeConing's rise, you know, probably put a little bit of a cap on, on the amount of, of time Jack Henry got in the limelight. But then to get third on the team in intercept marks, third on the team in spoils, um it, it's a pretty good effort. Ninth for marks. And you've got to remember there's a lot of midfielders racking up marks. There's a lot of forwards racking up marks as well. So to, to be ninth on the team it's pretty massive. Um, I'm going to go an A 
going to go on yeah. A. He missed some time, like with injury and that sort of thing. Ha- had probably a couple of games where he looked a bit rusty coming back from the injury. I was, I'll admit, I was a little bit worried when he first came back. I think I expressed it on the pod. I'm sort of going, his disposal looks really off. Like he's obviously, he looks like a guy who hasn't played footy in a while, but it's a long season and, you know, he really got back in the rhythm, uh, the rhythm of the night. Um, and yeah, was was a key figure. So I'm going to give Jack Henry an A for his year. It's pretty hard not to give players in a premiership winning team an <laughs> A rating. Mm. Uh, it is. It you is know? very hard. Um, Sambo, you are up next, and the man who plays in the long sleeves, but for some reason his picture on the Geelong website has him in short sleeves. Abomination. Avert your eyes from the shoulders. It's Brad Close. Uh, Nothing wrong with his shoulders in particular. Just shoulders in general should be covered with long sleeves. Uh, (laughs) 1.2... Tackles inside 50 per game, which was second on the team. He was only behind Tom Hawkins for tackles inside 50 for the Cats. 19.2 pressure acts per game, fourth most on the team. Second in total goal assists. He had 22 goal assists. Pressure plus creativity with sleeves. Mm. Sam, how did you grade Brad Close? I mean, long sleeves, A+. plus. Done. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, it was a a really good... um, Good year for Brad. I think in in a lot of ways, similar to Jack Henry oh, in terms funny. of like the the players are players around him, um, uh, sort of putting a bit of a cap on it. Not that he had a bad year. Obviously, he's you know very high in a lot of the, a lot of the areas. But I think our team was so stacked, and we were pretty stacked in in you know small smalls and small forwards as well, which is not something we've necessarily been for a little while. Um, so it was shared, the workload was shared around a bit. Like you wouldn't say he was, he was making headlines every other week or anything, you know, he he was, he was a bit of, bit of a, um, you know, just a a cog in the, in the larger machine, but it's crazy to say that about a player who played so well and is so talented and didn't, it's not like he didn't live up to his talent. That's just the kind of, you know, when you've got Hawkins, Cameron, Sam DeConing on your team. Salwood, Dangerfield, it's yeah, it, it's single. The list goes on. It, it, it's really hard to be to be the one in the in the in the limelight for more than you know a couple of moments. So, um, but I think he's is you know one some of the stuff. That, I mean, the pressure act sort of speaks to it, but I think some of the stuff that is really not necessarily uh, reflected in a lot of stats is just his work ethic and his work rate. Like, I think I remember maybe one game in the whole season where we went, ah, close, close. looks a little sluggish. You know, there, there was like one game there where I remember noting that he didn't sort of his, his second efforts and his chase wasn't maybe as good as, as normal, but it's a long fucking season and mm. pretty much, pretty much barring that. Yeah. That one or two, every game he's like, win or lose. He is, chasing he's got his head down and he's doing the work every every goddamn time so i think i think he could have he's the kind of player that in another team in a team that wasn't so stacked he would be getting all the attention like he has the skill and ability to be a you know the player that someone builds their team around you know what can close he do how do we how do we help him do it how do we help him win us games basically um 
and and Geelong's just so spoiled that he's just he's just another one of the another one of the <laughs> the, the soldiers in the glorious mission to the premiership. Um, just another cog in that lovely structure. That's right, lovely culture. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, I think it's an I think it's an A plus for Closey. I don't really see yeah. how he could have could have done any more. I think you're spot his on there. his goal so kicking. I'm happy with that. Like his goal kicking and the improvement. Like he, his previous best was last year. He kicked 15 goals in 22 games. This year he kicked 26 goals. He had 46 scoring shots, 26 goals, 20 behinds. Previous best was last year at 25. So mm. that and is 22 I felt goal assists. That, like that's that's up in the coal face a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's, definitely. That's a definitely marked improvement. So yeah, I think A plus is well deserved after. Know, the year he's had and the team said and as Jake said it's it's pretty tough not to give A's to premiership players. So clever too. Like I just think like his creativity and that sort of thing that you get from not only uh, to to win the amount of free kicks he did too with his tackling. Like he had ninety three mm. tackles. He won twenty seven free kicks. He only gave away twelve frees all year. Like there were so many times where he was that guy where there's an position player streaming out of the back line and closely, you know, closed like jaws on them and just brought them to the ground and it was a turnover and it was back our way. It's just such a dynamic player. Well, like what a, what a double-edged sword to have a guy who provides that much pressure, but then that mm. much creativity right. and poise and, with the footy. And able to do it in the forward line and then in the defense as well. And all over yeah. the ground, just everywhere. Everywhere. Sometimes just... all in a row, like his second and third efforts. Yeah. Sometimes there's there's some there's some highlights of his his year this year where he you know lays a tackle <laughs> that doesn't quite work out, and then so he's streaming in lays another tackle, <laughs> yeah, and then and then it's something passes it off and runs up and has a goal assist. Well, that's gets a goal himself. Something I'm really anxious about is is to see whether like the standards of fitness. Not that the standards of fitness. You're not worried about people getting lazy or anything like that, but just like what Harry Taylor and that staff was able to do in terms of the health and conditioning and all that sort of stuff. Like they, we said it at game one, we were like, these guys look like they just walked off the set of like 300 mm. against Essendon. Like they mm. looked shredded. <laughs> and, and I just, I think that was a big thing for, for Closey and a lot of them was just, they were just able to do more and do it for longer, um, mm. which, which was a massive thing change on previous years i think the good thing about all these other young guys coming like all the draftees coming in they've been you know it's been all over social media they've been hitting the gym basically every day they've been pumping mm. the irons getting ripped up shredded as well so if it's not if they're if close and the likes aren't gonna be able to do the same as the young guys well then then they're going to lose this this spot possibly to these other players coming through. So I think there's a real good, healthy push again. This healthy year competition. Maybe. We've got to remain like this, otherwise our spot's going to be in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. I think there's yeah, absolutely these young Hopefully what... guys coming in is going to really boost that again. Yeah, and hopefully what Harry Taylor and the, that staff built is something that's in place and sort of, you know, repeatable and followable moving forward. Johnny finishes out with Zach Guthrie, 
He had 5.5 marks per game, sixth on the team. He had 1.4 intercept marks per game, fourth on the team. Had 6.7 defensive half, defensive half rather, my American is showing. 6.7 per game, eighth on the team. A stronger body, a stronger mind, Guth Z. Johnny, how did you grade him? Well, as you said um, earlier, that Brett Close coming out looking shredded. That's the first thing we all said about Zach Guthrie was, what the hell's happened here? See, being riding up. I don't know how to use just being hitting the drug, hitting the gym hard. Hitting the drugs. <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> Inside scoop here, guys. Inside scoop, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just to, just that coming out of that preseason, the way it was looking was. Pretty impressive the way his body had just changed in such a short period of time, and it showed on the ground as well. He was a lot meaner, tougher. I think he only missed a couple of games mm. where he got dropped a couple of times, but each time he came back, he yeah. proved the reason why he should remain in his team, and that was just his ability to play sort of a similar role to Tom Stewart. Not the same role, a similar role where mm. Tom Stewart wasn't going to be able to get an intercept mark or do that intercept spoil or play, run off the half back to make an attack. Zach Guthrie would be able to step up and take his spot. And then also mm. being able to lay some hef hefty tackles at crucial times, hip and shoulders. Hefty. And not get. Oh, yes. Sorry. Sorry, and not get muscle out of contests like in previous mm. years. Yeah, he was able to really hold his ground, hold his own against some really big-bodied, forward-line players of the opposition. And then just his composure as well, I think. Beefess. And then his composure this year as well was on another level. The way he was able to make his mark, uh, get his way through oppositions, link up with, his teammates in defence and midfield and his brother. I think, yeah, it was just huge improvement for him all year. Really loved his season. Obviously, this is a, a pretty old, uh, I reckon, a last season's photo because he looks very young and skinny there, but he looks he looks like a, a well-worked AFL player now. And, you know, his season was a testament to the hard work that he that he had to put in. I'm going to give Love him, word. I think, an A. An A for this year for his hard work. And his, you know, the grand final performance was fantastic. Mm. I just loved. Mm. I think one image stands out for me is his hip and shoulder and that Swans player. Where he just absolutely laid the Swans player out like a bloody light globe and he just felt like a sack of potatoes, and Zach Guthrie was, just stood there. And I was like, that's good to see. Normally, if he did that, he'd probably be on the ground himself, a bit, bit winded, but now he was able to just, you know, get that shoulder in at the right spot and win the other guy and play on. And, yeah, I think kudos to him. Fantastic. Have you – have you – 
have you guys heard the um the sideline audio of that hit on the Swans player in the grand final from Zach Guthrie? No. You haven't. Okay. Well, this is Play it this us. is what it was. It was I'm a big boy now and you stay down. <laughs> stay down. That's apparently what it sounded like. I just like I just like the uh, idea that Zach Guthrie uh, still. I'm a real boy now. Like he's kind of maintained yeah. a Pinocchio kind of voice, yeah. but he's a beefcake. Yeah, such a beefcake. The the Roy will do that to you. I think I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> they really good, would. or I'll put you in the ground again. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what you were like as well. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me hurt you again. Terrifying. <laughs> truly terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah, truly wow. terrifying. Um, the, the little kid. You wouldn't want to hear a, that. A Christmas tale grew up to be <laughs> horrifying, <laughs> horrifying, and, and very aggressive, but still polite uh, adult. Mm. What was his name? The kid from Christmas Tale. Timmy, Timmy or Jimmy? Yeah, Timmy. Tiny Tim. Uh, the, you, Tiny, Tiny Tim. Tim. Those those sound bites, Jake, were uh, after he's laid someone yeah. out with his crutches. Just <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> tiny about me now. <laughs> it's now an ironic nickname. <laughs> all right. Um... <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um... <laughs> All right, that is the end of Wheel of Grades for this week. And we come now to a very special time in the show. The chaps recommend. Jesus, I forgot about it again. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Do you have something to recommend to the listener, Sam? Now, this could be, we might end every show like this for the next week. Uh, (laughs) um, uh, The joke there was all episodes this week. (laughs) Um, so it could be a movie, could be a book, could be a show, could be an experience, whatever you like, Sam, what are you recommending to the listener at home? Uh, well, I will say that the real issue with me at the moment is I don't really do anything. (laughs) I thought you were going to say shit in your own toilet. (laughs) Yeah. Would not recommend it. Block toilet, five stars. No. Uh, Um, yeah, like I, I don't, I haven't, I was thinking this just today. I was like, I haven't engaged in like a show in a really deep way in a, in a, in a very Could be something time. from the past that you've enjoyed. Uh, yeah, it, it, it absolutely could be, Jay. It could be not vamping, not, not, it could be, could be something from the future that I'm excited about. Ooh. That's right. Uh, <laughs> it just happened yesterday. Yesterday, uh, well, I'm not going to recommend the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, even though I did watch it yesterday. It's a fantastic Why movie. It's everybody should watch awesome it. Movie. Uh, because uh, it's a it's a little it's a little different. It's one of my, my top ten movies of all time. Uh, I guess oh, I'm I recommending it. I'm halfway in now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a movie from 2007 that didn't didn't make a big splash commercially. Um, but it's a, it's a Western starring Brad Pitt, Casey Affleck, Jeremy Renner, Sam Rockwell, Sam Shepard, uh, 
lots of lots of actors and actresses as on. well. Um, <laughs> there is there is words and music. Uh, no, it it is a really good movie, and I would would recommend it uh, to anybody looking for a western that doesn't really necessarily feel like a western. If you feel like you've seen all the westerns and they all feel a little the same, then this would be the this would be the one to watch. But keep in mind, it's not action packed, and it is two hours and forty five minutes. But it's a it's a great it's a great character study, and all these reasons are why I said I wasn't going to recommend it because it's just not really a fun <laughs> thing to. <laughs> to recommend uh, we did we did say it had to be fun no i know i just wanted right. i just wanted to think of something fun have you got uh, something fun to recommend yeah. sam did you have a second well, why thing? don't you go and recommend something i'll have another thing about something. <laughs> wow. Boy. um yeah no i'll recommend a book that i'm reading there you go I recommend um, the book. <laughs> just a yeah. book you're reading. It's called a yeah, a book that I'm reading. You should read it too. It's called "It's Better to Be Feared." It's by Seth Wickersham, and it's about the New England Patriots NFL dynasty uh, under Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I was really hoping this book would be fucking awesome, and so far, about a hundred pages in. It is fucking awesome. Everything I could have wanted from it, it's populated with lots of sort of the mythic characters there's, of the sport no of NFL. Disappointing, though. You're only 100 pages in. There's still... It I'm could be, but I doubt pages. it. I think at least 200, if not 300 to 400. It's a 400-ish it's a page book. Um, really great. Really great book. and. It it's it's an interesting one because it's about obsession, people's obsession with being successful, people's obsession with greatness. It's funny, like all the characters, even Tom Brady, who is sort of world renowned now and you know, Mr. Famous and that sort of thing, like he came from something of like an oddball kind of background. He didn't start playing high school football until relatively late. He was in in a lot of senses, an underdog. And he, in particular, can go from one chapter being absolutely kind of loathsome, where you're just like, this dude is a spoiled brat. And then in another chapter, you're like, man, this dude is incredible. I can't believe, you know, the work and the hours that went into him being able to achieve what he achieved. And yeah, it's a tremendous book. I would highly recommend it. It's Better to Be Feared nice. by Seth. Wickersham. Johnny, recommend something. Well, why not just rewatch the grand final? <laughs> That's a good recommendation. Like what are, what are the finer points, John? Oh, it's just, you know, you see cats throw, thump the swans in a grand final. You get a premiership. You see Selwood kick a magnificent goal. You get to see him his last game. Uh, you could see all the cats players play like they've never played before. Top of their game, no one could mm. stop them. Yeah, it's just a fantastic, fantastic experience. Um, one I want to rewatch again myself. But also, also recommend just you know playing some games on console or PC or whatever. You know, just take some time. Are you playing anything at the moment, John? Um, yes, I'm playing a few games. Playing. Total War Warhammer 3 and mm -hmm. Warhammer 40,000 Space Marines getting ready Same for here. 
<laughs> yeah, there is a theme. Yes. I'm getting ready for Space Marine 2 that comes out next year. What else? And nice. Yeah, there's a couple of Western games on the console and you know, the games that we've played together online. Yeah, I reckon real grand final and take some time to play some of your favorite video games. I think you know, busy time of year, you need that time for yourself. Love it. This segment was an absolute raging success, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously. What about you, Sam? What's your fun uh, right. recommendation? Uh, my recommendation, yeah. I've uh, now I've got too many. I wanted to recommend a show that not many people watch. Uh, so I have to, I have to, I have to use one and, and keep some in the chamber for next time. Um, chamber of secrets. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Gendy Tartakovsky's Primal, uh, which is a okay. animated show. That's it's very. It is a little bit hard to find to watch at the moment. I think it's only on one streaming service and i think it's one of those ones that's in amazon prime and it's like an extra subscription but you can buy the seasons through digital services um but it's a really cool show they're only like 20 minute episodes um it's by the same same animator creative director that did the and the 2d animated star wars clone wars show samurai samurai jack dexter's lab there's a bit of a callback to Back in the day, um, but it's it's a twelve episode season. Season two is about to come out, and that's why it's kind of a good time to watch it because you're not inundated with too many episodes yet. It's twenty minute episodes, only twelve of them, and the basic gist of it is it's about a you know early, uh, early man um, in a not too descript. You know, it's it's a little bit sci fi fantasy, but it's also somewhat grounded in 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 our reality. Um, but it's a really beautifully animated show. Uh, and the whole thing is without dialogue. The whole thing is just this, wow. this guy and he forms, he loses his family and a Tyrannosaurus Rex also loses its family and they bond over survival. And the whole 12 episodes just tells the story of them surviving. They're not even, it's not even like a journey where they're going to a particular spot to do something together. They're just, they've just bonded up because they're, they're missing their like they're they're without they're both without their clan without their tribe, and they just form this bond. Um, and each episode is just them sort of trying to su- survive while being attacked by like some cult of sort of very very like de-evolved humans uh, or other dinosaurs or something. It's a, it's quite a um brutal and full-on show, but it's yeah it's the the storytelling without any dialogue, the way that they're able to convey narrative and character and arcs without a single word ever being said um it's it's incredible it's really good and it's something that a lot of people pass over because they see a cartoon dinosaur and they assume it's a it's a kid's show <laughs> it's definitely not a kid's show this is a this is an r like r rated show this is an 18 plus show <laughs> um and i would i would highly recommend it if you can if you can find the time which as i said doesn't take a lot of time 12 20 yeah, minute nice. episodes uh and I feel like you won't have ever really watched anything like it. I think that's a pretty good pitch. Nice. We did say something super uh, fun, but that sounds like it'll be fun. <laughs> it's 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 great fun. <laughs> Both their families die. They try to survive. Uh, Eighteen I, plus at the end. I've yeah, seen maybe clips go, of maybe this. Maybe go, and... go and watch Assassination of Jesse James. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the clips do look amazing. The, the animation and they stuff. Um, it, it all really old school, um, old school, two D hand drawn cell animation. Uh, I gotta love that. Mm. I want to watch it now. Awesome. That is another episode of Cat Cat Cat. Um, on Facebook, you should also shell out five-ish Aussie dollars per month if you want to subscribe to the Chaps Patreon. You don't have to. You can just listen to the podcast. We just love that people listen. There is never any pressure to be a part of the Patreon, though we do hugely appreciate the support of those people already over there on the Patreon. You know who you are. You're legends. Uh, we will be back. We'll definitely be back, be, be back be, next be week back. with an episode. <laughs> be back. We'll be back. Be, um, be back. I'll be back. <laughs> uh, I'll be back next week with an episode. Um, the, uh, yeah, we'll definitely the, the be back Russian next week with an episode. The Terminator was very disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> um... But we may be back before that. You just never know. If we if we get inspired, no. if there's any breaking news, we'll be sure to record something extra. Um, but as usual, we'll be back on Monday night, unless you hear otherwise. Hit us up on the email, chapchatcats at gmail.com. Maybe you've got recommendations for us. Until next time. Go sack. Go the cats. Go cats. Go cats.